Welcome to the Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Welcome to Behind the Curtain Real Estate Podcast, final episode of the season, 2022. Today, we're going to talk a good bit about uh, what this past year is has been like talking about some case studies, some investors that have done some some things that have been very successful in this market. I also want to get in depth about why Memphis is so stable. I get that question so many times from out of town investors who are wondering why Memphis continues to do so well, even with inflation and high interest rates. I also want to talk about some new growth areas that we saw this year. There's some areas that we kind of thought we're going to come up eventually and this year they really started popping yep so uh let's just get into it so obviously this year um glenn you went on about a five-month vacation so you didn't work for a while (laughs) glenn is back with us though (laughs) thank you thank you um but this year has been a i would consider a banner year for me Uh, i probably did more in the summer of this year than i did all of last year so that I'm not going to tell you that because then people might think I've made a crap load of money, but I've also spent a crap load of money, so it's kind of a wash. But this year alone, the market just got to the point where it was just out of control. It got to the point where I would put an offer in on a property, five grand over asking, with an escalation clause up to another five grand, and for cash, close in three weeks, and I would lose it. And it baffled me why... I was losing these these deals because we were right. We were so aggressive in writing these. Uh, you're like me. You're an aggressive agent. You like to get the deal done, but you also don't want to be irresponsible to your investor right. and not put them in a good financial situation. The end result was is that you had a lot of these hedge fund groups across the country that were seeing real estate as a safe, stable investment versus what was happening in the stock market at that time. It was it was bouncing like a like a ping pong ball. So they started going out and just buying lots of properties, sight unseen, over asking, cash. The downside of that was they were beating up the sellers after inspection and trying to they their their idea was was an old trick that the old dirty agents used to use. Throw a high ball offer at it, lock it up and then beat it down after inspection. But they were successful in that process. I couldn't figure out why they were doing it, but as I dove into the market and trying to understand why I keep losing these deals, it it didn't dawn on me. Real estate is probably, it's not a massive growth industry. It's not something you're going to put your money in and become a millionaire overnight, but it's always stable. Your money's always safe. What goes down in real estate. buying gold. Yeah. It's It's never a good hedge. Exactly. It's a good hedge. As I worked my way through this insanity this summer, uh, I literally thought that Joe Biden had passed a bill saying we're never going to cut down another tree or build another house because people were buying them like they were about to be gone and there there was never going to be another house to buy. So as I thought through this, I started researching the real estate market nationally as a whole. And I noticed that there are areas of this country that rocket up extremely high. California, Nashville, New York, a lot of areas of think, most of Florida. I think Austin is starting to do Austin. that. Austin. And they, they take off like rockets. Like when they go up in value, they go up 200, 300, 400%. But 
The negative side of that is when the economy changes, in the slightest bit, they drop like stones. What they goes up must come down. They do not hold their value. But as I went through this and I looked at Little Rock and started comparing Little Rock and Memphis and some of these smaller markets that have very heavy numbers of renters. Memphis, for once, is, is 48 49% of the people inside of city limits rent. So I started doing this. Looking at these numbers, and then it dawned on me. I understand why hedge fund groups were buying property in Memphis as fast as they could. Because Memphis, believe it or not, has been one of the most stable markets in the country. Not the most stable, but one of the most. And I couldn't figure out why it was so stable. I was kept asking myself, well, why would Memphis be so stable? 2008, big crash. Everybody's seeing 40, 50, 60% reduction in values. Memphis saw 18 20, maybe 21, but by 2010, we were level. 2011, we were exceeding our previous numbers. The numbers dictate that because there's such a large renter pool, that renter pool props up and keeps moving the rental market, which in turn keeps the real estate market stable here, keeps it from from crashing because most of those renters work in the service industry or work at FedEx or St. Jude or the airport or Amazon, Nike, one of these facilities, they don't make a ton of money, but they rent. And guess what? During COVID, during the crash, during any other catastrophe hitting the country with the economy, FedEx, Nike, Amazon, the airport, they all still have to keep functioning so these people continue to go to work. It'd be Uh, interesting to know how much it is that they actually pay these folks that work at Amazon and Nike because it can't be that bad. I mean, you're talking about uh, distribution labor, basically. And I have to imagine that they're making at least nine or ten bucks an hour. I I know some that are making up to 18 bucks an hour. Yeah. Right? So you get get a family that makes $30,000 a year. You know, they're, they're renting because their credit's kind of banged up. They probably hadn't kept up with their bills the way most of them should. So they rent. And because of that large renter pool, that keeps the values of rental properties up, which in turn keeps the, the – which bleeds out into the standard owner-occupant market and keeps those markets stable. So between 2008 and 2022, so we're talking 14 years, the values of real estate in Memphis have, in, have increased – 100%. They've exceeded where we were when all this started. Way over. Yeah. Way over. California, I just talked to one of my, my my good investors in California, Michael. He said California is seeing 30, 40, upwards to 60% reduction in values across the board. I have investors, and we're going to talk about them uh, shortly as a, as a case study, that is actually living they, – they live in California – but they've bought property here. They're actually selling their property in California, moving here. When they came here to visit, they described the neighborhood to me that they live in. It's a version of, of Frazier. And these folks own 15 rental properties. But that's all. That's because that house is worth four or $500,000. So we'll talk about that in our next, uh, our next topic. So it, one of, my point was is that everybody that calls me, everybody that, that emails me, always asks the same question, why Memphis? It's it's simple. The market's stable. You buy a hundred thousand dollar house, it may drop to ninety five thousand because of inflation or the economy this year. But what is going to be worth next year? A hundred. What's going to be worth the year after that? One hundred and two. I've been surprised some of the changes, the positive changes that I've seen in property values in the last two or three years. Sears Crosstown, Cordova. Yeah. I mean, I've been in, in some cases astounded because I was on the losing losing end of a couple of those deals. 
you know, and I had listings where I got 12 and 14 offers in a single day for a property, you know, and then it's who's got the best offer. And a lot of them were cash. Yeah. You know. Well, I can tell you, I thought the hedge fund groups had just finally lost their mind. Their program, their thinking, their their numbers were just insane. That there's no way someone's stealing money, they're, they're dumping it into real estate and they're stealing it or someone's embezzling or something. Something's going on. But if you look at the numbers, a smart hedge fund guy realized that if I put money into real estate, I'm not going to lose anything. And there's a much greater chance I'm going to gain. Which is way better than what's happening. I mean, the stock market is down overall this year. What thirty eight percent? You calculate that amount, the amount of money that's that you're talking over six billion dollars in losses in the, in the stock market. Wow! You haven't seen that in real estate. Not in Memphis. No. If you had a billion dollars of real estate in Memphis, it may be worth nine hundred and ninety five million dollars. I mean, you may have lost a little lately, but not much. Well, you know, they talk a lot about uh, whether or not we're going into a recession. Number one, we're in a recession. Number two, are we going to see a because I think some folks have been like looking at it from my perspective. I think I would love to see a little bit of a correction in some of the property values. We're seeing that, you know, I wouldn't say a correction. Prices aren't dropping, but properties are staying on the market a little longer. There are less buyers because of the interest rate. So the only buyers that I'm I'm still getting guys that are getting mortgages, but they understand that I can buy this house for $80,000 today, and I may only break even this year. But next year when rents go up, I'll make money. Next year when the values go up, I'll gain equity. They're not buying today for immediate gain they're buying for gains next year and the year after and that's a smart way to do it mm-hmm. if you're only buying for gains today you're setting yourself up for a huge disappointment yeah but i haven't really seen values drop that much i see a little bit of area like in raleigh those areas have stabilized and actually come down a little bit Whitehaven, you know an up-and-coming market that's that's hitting hot right now is fraser five years ago i wouldn't have taken a house in fraser if you gave it to me because I'd had to pay the taxes on it. Then they put in an Amazon fulfillment center, easily a million square feet, if not twice that. Then right next door, Nike fulfillment center. Yeah, and that's another huge. They take up a hundred thousand. I, I measured it because I always drove by it and I wanted to know how much property that was. It is literally one mile from the beginning of the Nike property to the end of the Amazon property. That's how much real estate they take up. Now that those plants separate Raleigh and Fraser. So Raleigh got overbuilt, or not overbuilt, but overbought. And you know, you, you're going to buy a, a average rental house in Raleigh for a hundred thousand dollars. So the smart investors went into Fraser, right on the other side of the plants, and started buying, rehabbing, and flipping. And now we're seeing that upward trajectory in Fraser. An example of what's happening in Fraser. Here's here's what happened in Raleigh. I have one particular investor that I put into Raleigh three years ago, maybe two or three years ago. He bought three properties there. I think we paid about seventy thousand, sixty-five, seventy thousand a piece for him. He put about fifteen in each one of them, rented them out. They're all renting for you know eight ninety-five to nine ninety-five a month. This past year, when the market topped out, he decided he wanted to sell. So I ran some CMA and said, "Well, we, you know, you probably got about eight thousand equity in each one, which is really good for three years." So we threw them out on the market, two at one hundred five and one at one hundred seven. We sold them for one ten, one eleven, and one fifteen. So he pulled about eighteen grand per property out of that in less than three years. 
on top of the cash flow that he created during this three-year period. Those are the opportunities that I'm looking for. I know that's what you're looking for for your investors, and that's what I tell my investors. Don't be afraid of certain markets. If there's an upward trajectory, you get into it early. The early, early entries are the most risky, but also the most profitable. But even if you buy a house at 60000 in Fraser and it doesn't take off, next year is still going to be worth sixty five. Next year is still going to be renting cash flow, and next year we can sell it and get you out of it. It's a lot different than the stock market. What are you seeing lately with the end of the year? With the end of the year, things got – well, things started to really get quiet at the end, very end of the summer when the Fed kept raising interest rates, which we don't know what they're going to do about that. I think they could raise them still. As long as you can cash flow or even break even on a property that's going to appreciate. If I told you today, buy AT&T stock, you're not going to make a dime for three years. But on the fourth year, it's going to go up 2 or 3%. The fifth fifth year and sixth year, and every year after that, it's going to, it's going to grow 2 to 3%. Would, would you do that? Well, you know what I always say, and that's there's always somebody buying and always somebody selling. And people always ask me, you know, don't at some point uh, Dundee and the market become saturated with investors? And the answer to that is no. Um, people get into the market and get out of the market at will. That's right. And so you have people that bought houses 15 years ago, and they've gotten to that place in their life where they're ready to cut back and sell some of their assets and start living on the money they've made. And so that's when they start releasing those properties for sale. And I think that's what the big hedge funds will do. Yeah. But certainly there's it's changed – dynamically from a seller's market to a buyer's market in the last four months. Yeah. But I will say I've written five offers this week. Actually, I wrote three on Christmas Eve, and I wrote two on Monday. I got one. And they were all cash. And and that's a pretty good close rate. Well, it's a pretty good close rate, but not when people assume the economy is trash and this is a, a buyer's market. No, sellers are still getting market for their properties. They're still able to get multiple offers, at least here in Memphis. And I think smart sellers understand one thing. Memphis is a hot market. There's a ton of renters here. You can always rent a property. So if you can always rent a property, your chances of loss diminish greatly. Where you fail to to do well in real estate is when you buy in markets that are oversaturated with low amounts of renters, where your property sits there for three months or four months vacant. Obviously, things are slow now for, for renters. People don't move during the holidays. As soon as November hits, things die off until about January when they start thinking about moving to a new neighborhood next year. Other than that, Memphis stays pretty steady on the rental side. Twenty twenty two was a banner year uh, for real estate. I have never seen a year like this year before. I've never seen the oddities and what I thought at the moment was complete insanity of buyers. But there was a method to their insanity. I, I after researching began to realize that, and then I started going insane myself and doing the same stuff. So and, and preaching the same message about buying real estate. But compared this year to twenty twenty one. I would say that I doubled my business this year. I can't tell you what drove that other than I'm a damn good agent and people like me. That's maybe one reason. Another reason is my partner was on vacation for five months, so I had to pick up some of the slack. Uh, But I think mostly the difference between this year and last year 
was the optimism that people had in buying real estate. It's very different this year than it's been any other previous year. People have always been skeptical of the real estate market and, and kind of walking on eggshells and trying to make sure they don't make any mistakes. But this year, it was Katie bar the door. If you had a house with windows and a door and you put a for sale sign out, boom, it was gone. They bought it. I still don't understand why that happened. Uh, I'm sure the you know in the near future we'll begin to that'll begin to unfold and we'll realize. But in 2021, I had a successful year. I had 2020 had a successful even during COVID I had a great year. I mean, people were stuck at home; they were buying real estate. There's a lot of different things laying on top of each other with interest rates and with you know inflation and unemployment. And we don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. That's why I say we don't know how soft a landing we're going to have whenever it does land. But I'm not afraid of it because it just means more opportunities for investors. Well, there is plenty of opportunity. Now, here's a theory that I was given. In full disclosure, this guy is a conservative. He's a Republican. And he rightly so bought and then shut off the spigot. He cashed through cash, bought, 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 and turned off the spigot. Last time him and I spoke, I'm like, well, you just quit buying. I mean, you bought 12 properties and you just quit buying. He goes, I'm not buying right now. I'm like, why? He goes, why do you think I bought all those at the beginning of the year? I said, I honestly don't know. You bought 12 properties and then you just quit. He's got plenty of cash. He said in in December of last year, he was at a conference and a guy told him that based on what he's watching and seeing with Biden's policies, interest rates are going to have to go up and we're going to get into an inflationary period. So he bought all of his stuff in advance because, well, here's what's going to happen. He assumes he's going to lose value in those properties. He's not concerned about it. But he says every time we get into an inflationary period or possible recession, when we come out of that recession, whether it's next year, two years, or three years from now, he goes, what happened? Go back and research. The real estate market, the stock market, and anything of type of investment takes off like somebody just put fuel rocket under it. So he's not buying now. He bought everything ahead of time because he was told and believed that because of Biden's policies, that inflation and other factors in the market were going to slow things down and stabilize it, not kill it, but level it off. So he got into properties that he probably owes the same amount on or is worth what he paid for it. But he's banking on the fact that it's going to be worth 15, 20, 30 percent more here in the next three to five years. I don't think that was a smart way to approach it. He's not blaming Biden, right? He's not knocking Biden for what he's doing. He's not. He didn't say that to to down Biden. He just said people saw the writing on the wall. He goes, you go back and look at Jimmy Carter. You look at George Bush. You look at certain things they've done and what happened preceding what they their policies, and you can kind of predict what's going to come twelve months, eighteen months, twenty four months from now. He goes, so far he goes, I banked right. I thought I was smart. So let me give you a case study. And this just gives you a full picture of the real estate market, investing, what certain markets are like compared to other markets. So I have a couple, just wonderful couple, uh, that I helped. Started working with them about two or three years ago. They live in California. I think in Los Angeles County. They bought a couple of properties. They had a rough run at the beginning because they bought one that, I met them, actually, because they bought a property from an agent and ended up being just an absolute disaster. And that's how they got in touch with me, and we kind of got it straightened out, got it done, and got a tenant in it, and 
and got them rolling. So anyway, I sold them a package of seven this this past summer. And in my conversation with them, they kept saying, we want to, we're moving to Memphis. We want to buy a house in Carryville. And I'm like, okay, fine. When you get ready to move, just let me know and we'll find you a house in Carryville. And then one day I, I just, off the top of my head, I said, why are y'all leaving California? Because I was curious if they were leaving because of the policies, if they're leaving because of the government, if they're leaving because, whatever, whatever reason they're leaving for. Uh, he goes, Brad, he goes, well, when we came to visit you in Memphis, we spent one afternoon in the town square in Carryville and ate at Dyer's Burgers. And we began looking around Carryville. And then the next day, you drove us through Raleigh, Frazier, Whitehaven. And we realized that where our rental properties are, are better neighborhoods than where we currently live in a half-million-dollar house in Los Angeles County. He says every single night, there's gunshots. Every, every single night, there's robberies. There's break-ins. Cars getting stolen. He goes, this is right in my own neighborhood. I have a house that's worth $500,000. He goes, but Frazier... Most of the neighborhoods in Fraser are nicer than the neighborhood me and my family live in. Oh, my God. And I make plenty of money. So they are now 12, 11 properties. And this next year, they're going to wait now because the market's changed dramatically in, in California. They're going to wait until the market shifts. They're going to sell their house. And they're going to be able to come from California with a half million dollars and buy what most people would consider a, a mini mansion in Carryville. McMansion. And pay in cash, and now have their twelve properties producing cash flow for them, and that's a case study. The reason I brought that up is again to di- differentiate the markets, differentiate what's happening in California versus what's happening in Memphis, what's happening in New York versus Little Rock, what's happening in parts of the country uh, that are dramatically changing. They are producing now on their eleven properties. I think he said his gross is thirteen five gross he's netting about seventy eight hundred dollars a month right now he said knock on wood i've been lucky he goes i've had a lot of repair issues i got good tenants they're paying rent he's done this in three years but anyway this case study was important for several reasons because it is a true success story of a, a i mean they just have regular jobs they're not wealthy people they're not lawyers or doctors right they just have regular jobs make regular income but they were smart they bought a house They've doubled payments on it and whatever and, and paid it off in 15 years. So they have an asset worth half a million dollars. And if you met these folks, they're just average people. You, know, you would never know that they had that kind of cash laying around. They've been so smart with their money. But the biggest success of them is this package and these properties that they purchased. I've got a lot of good investment stories and good investors that have been very successful. To me, this is one. Most of these guys that have been successful have money to play with. Right, they have a couple hundred grand set in the bank that they could spend and pay cash for. These folks didn't have that. They worked hard to pay off that house and with a plan that they were then going to start buying real estate, which then that real estate was going to be their derivative of income for them to relocate to another part. They didn't realize it would be Tennessee at that time, and eventually get into a better lifestyle, which they are one two years away from doing. And I, I think it's a phenomenal story. I'm not going to attribute their success to me, although I I think I did a pretty damn good job of guiding them. If he must say so himself. Of course. Of course. I got a couple of horns. I'll toot them all. (laughs) If you're interested in discussing, uh, just because you call us and talk to us or email us does not mean you have to use us as agents. Um, I've had investors tell me they didn't like me. So it's I won't hurt my feelings. I'm a big boy, but you can contact me directly at 901-692-7401 or Glenn 
at 901-301-8368. That's right. Or you can go to epmrealestate.com, and if you go there and go to the investment section, you'll see a nice, beautiful picture of all of us. Each one of us has a little bio and our cell phone numbers in there, our email addresses in there. If you're interested in real estate, are you just interested in talking about it and learning more about it, understanding how to get into it if you're not in it already or if you're in it, but you, you're thinking maybe I should change my strategy, I'm not as successful as I want to be, just pick up the phone and call us or shoot us an email. We'd love to talk to you. We have helped, I think we've helped a lot of investors that we are not our investors. We've helped them out of bad deals. We've helped them launch their, their real estate buying careers. We've helped them sell properties that they shouldn't have purchased in the first yeah. place. We spent a lot of time helping investors get out of assets that were upside down. So we understand the, the game. We understand the market. We understand investment side of this. And, uh, again, I have another horn I'm going to toot. We're damn good at it. And I love talking to investors on the phone. You know, I can have a good 20 or 30 minute conversation and pretty much tell an investor what to expect if they want to start investing in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And it's a good time to do that because it's everything we got going on here. And it's also a great educational source for me personally. When I talk to other investors, whether they're my investors or not, I learn a lot from them. Different strategies, different mindsets, different theories. Everybody's got great ideas. Some work better for others. And uh, I've learned a wealth of knowledge from other investors this past two years that uh, I think is invaluable. Guys that have been around the business a long time, guys that have seen the crash, the ups, the downs, the sideways, uh, they've seen it all. They've bought in in high interest rate markets. They've bought in low interest rate markets. And learning from those guys has been an invaluable piece of information for me. So don't be afraid to call me and don't be afraid to share your ideas with me because I'm always looking to learn. Thank you for listening to Behind the Curtain Podcast, your real-world guide to real estate investment and property management. Be sure to subscribe at BehindTheCurtainPodcast.com. And if you'd like to learn more about Enterprise Property Management's real estate services, please visit us on the web at epmrealestate.com. This has been a Sound Ideas Group production for Enterprise Property Management, Inc.